Uh, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the final, final design podcast. Here we gather, usually after work, to talk about design. Uh, we're two marketing designers and one product designer, and we rant about all kinds of different design-related stuff. Christina, what, what do you do? I do a lot of things. <laughs> That's what I can say. Well, I'm a graphic designer, and I've been working as an in-house designer for a couple of years. Still waiting for my page on Behance.net. Please come see my Behance. Um, I'm Rosanna. I'm marketing designer as well. Uh, I've worked as marketing designer in-house for like three years now. Before that, I worked in a digital ad agency for two years. Mm, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, my name is Antonia. Uh, I'm a product designer. I have five years of experience working as a product designer. So uh, what we want to discuss today as our first topic is around what can product designer learn from marketing designer and vice versa? And if there's like any crazy presumptions as I, I do, for example, we can also debunk those and discuss them. Let's do it. Yeah. So Antonia, did you have any questions from us marketing designers? Yes, actually, I'm curious uh, to hear how would you approach uh, a, a company-wide rebrand when you have two themes? So we have like UX theme and then we have a marketing theme. So how would you do it with two themes? Um, I would approach it from a very collaborative uh, side. So basically, I think there are so many different talents in those two teams that combining them is the best option. So basically, I would include all designers from different different teams. Yeah, I mean, I have pretty much the same opinion on this. I don't think that excluding anyone is going to help in such an extensive project as rebranding. So if, you've ha if you have many designers in a company, just work with all of them. Yeah. But also, of course, it depends on like how big the company is. So yeah. if the company is huge, of course, you can't maybe include everyone. But then you have usually like team leads who can then like collaborate together and then kind of um, dribble down the information to their own teams. Uh, but in a team like ours, which is like 100 people, it's totally doable to yeah. collaborate between two teams. Hmm, sounds doable. doable. Yeah. Um, okay. So, do you have some questions for me? Yes. Um, these are more horrible presumptions uh, than actual questions. Um, I have worked in an. <laughs> uh, in Some colleagues are walking here and messing their sound. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've worked uh, in house for three years, and I've studied. Uh, UX for some time, but in reality, I know very little about your day-to-day -day life. Um, so my first presumption that you can either like debunk or you can say that I'm 100% correct is that you need to be much more technical and analytical as a market uh, as a product designer. Uh, I would agree with that, uh, although. I have met many product designers and sometimes this role is mixed with UI UX designer. It 
I mean, it's used interchangeably. I don't know why, but it's very messy with the uh, job roles nowadays, so, especially in so, that field. Sorry, do you have like, uh, yeah, this is one question. What's the difference? Well, how I understand it, a product designer is somebody who will do UI and UX, but then they know code and they're highly technical, so they can actually design the whole product, uh, completely collaborate with developers, read the code, uh, support like from, from very start to very end. Uh, while if you're UI UX designer or just UX designer, then you would just like stick to design and you would not think about code at all. This is how I understand it. And I have been researching this topic and uh, many designers uh, agree on different things, but I, I guess this is my attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since I know how to code, I would I would call myself a product, product designer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would agree with you completely. It's uh, it's a bit more technical. Um, but of course, if you're if you're just designing, uh, not coding at all, um, then it might be less. I mean, I worked and I've seen different designers, and they had their own way of uh, producing uh, UIs. Uh, or, I don't know, for example, designing websites or apps or, or whatever. Uh, some some workflows were very technical, detailed. Uh, everything was kind of calculated in advance, like spacings, typography and all. And I saw some, they just basically dropped, sprinkled UI all around their sketch and that's basically it. Um, but yeah, I guess if you're more mature, then you would understand that relying on grids, uh, modular scales, uh, consistent colors and such is a, uh, like a foundation. And if you don't use it, you're basically, you're basically just playing in your screen design tool. This is my opinion. I mean, it's kind of amazing how in some companies the designer roles are so blurred. Mm-hmm. I worked at a startup, which name I won't say, (laughs) Uh, where basically there were two designers. One was working with marketing and the other one was was working with the product and the official title was the UX UI designer. But essentially that person was working with marketing, uh, the product itself, just the customer facing materials, whatever. And obviously when we're talking about startups, I see how that's happening, but isn't that kind of sad? (laughs) Yeah. I think in a sense it is, but in a sense it's not, because then it's completely different in my experience in the ad agency world, where the the roles are very divided. So the ones who design do not code and vice versa. So it's very like, I mean, it's not in all ad agencies, but I know a lot of them uh, where... Basically, the designer creates a Photoshop mock-up and then the front-end developer takes it and codes it. So in a sense, it's nicer, I think, also in the product world where you can have more cross-functionality between these two. Yeah, I mean, I I understand that, but in terms of bandwidth Mm -hmm. per one person, 
because that definitely seemed like a lot, and it was a lot eventually. Because that person doesn't yeah. work there anymore. I <laughs> the same story with me. I don't work there anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I had a situation um, not only in one company, but in my um, most recent company that I left. I was uh, so overbooked. My my uh, tasks were from development, from like developers, I, I didn't develop, but I worked with de- developers for marketing, sales, sales was like a big uh, department. It was hard because people, they just come to you and say, I need this by the end of today or tomorrow. And you already have a task list that's like three kilometers long and you're dying and you, you just can't. So basically what you end up doing at least I was doing that. So the quality of my work drastically um, declined as I get I, I got more and more stuff to do because I just couldn't I wouldn't produce anything if I didn't like just like toss stuff outside. And I wasn't like super happy with some stuff, but still I had to do this poster, this flyer or whatever. Uh, otherwise we wouldn't have any material for some event so I guess it was better to have something than nothing uh, but yeah I I don't think it's it's the best kind of thing to to be somebody who is uh, responsible for so many things you just can't I mean maybe you are capable but you just don't have time to and do also- handle Sorry, go no, on. To yeah. handle everything, yeah. Yeah, and it's also just a lot to ask. Yeah, you don't ask like, if you think about other professions compared to like designers' professions, like how much you need to know. And there's like, technology is just like, you need to learn new technologies all the time, like learn new tools all the time it's a lot to ask for one person yeah but that's also the question of people just not understanding what a certain type i'm doing quotation marks with my hands here (laughs) type of designers do like what does a product designer do what does a ux ui designer do or what does a graphic designer do or a visual designer and especially if it comes from people who have no idea there are not like involved with the design field at all that's when the problem starts especially with the hierarchy in the company so that that's how the responsibility yeah. gets to the designer essentially and you get ui ux designer who does um, sales flyers because exactly whoever hired that person didn't know yeah they maybe read somewhere online that it's called ui ux whatever that means they just put there in their job ad and yeah that's it mm. yeah i actually know some cases where a person was hired as a ux ui designer but that was like a blatant lie because they've <laughs> never actually done ux ui what? during their employment they were just doing like flyers pretty oh much my god like i know those cases it's and also times have changed drastically so if we if someone hires us that has worked on a field in 90s even like the ux designer role was completely different at the time you probably didn't have to code at all you made like wireframes out of cardboard you looked at people behind a glass like interacting with okay this is again a huge assumption (laughs) but basically the job was very different like 
we had a teacher from Nokia times and what she described as like what US design was at the time, it's like a different profession. Yeah, I mean, just a side note, uh, Rosanna and I are, have been studying at the same school. Yeah. I still am studying and Rosanna has, has graduated. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah, so like basically, for example, I took a bunch of UX courses and then I graduated and I um, came to the product house and realized that none of what I learned is actually usable anymore, which is of course a common pattern in tech field in general. But but just like the job, like maybe that's one reason why these roles are so blurry. It's because they're also changing constantly. And what what's needed for you to be a product designer, UX designer, marketing designer, those key moving and changing and transforming maybe we will have completely different kind of designers in like 10 years there's like no product designers anymore there's only like robots who design stuff and then we just (laughs) insert commands to those robots who knows don't give them ideas (laughs) and that's the part of the podcast where we go into the uncanny valley (laughs) Um, yeah and then my next presumption I'm going to probably get hate mail from this already, (laughs) is that product design is more boring. Yeah, sometimes it can be boring because, well, at least I do some math and I'd like to um, have a reason why I use this spacing uh, in certain certain areas, certain UI. So it can get tedious and boring and even annoying at times. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, I would say as any job, it has ups and downs. Some stuff is boring, but also it's it's a personal um, kind of thing. Maybe maybe you enjoy doing like these calculations and playing with modular scales and whatnot. Um, I'm really bad with numbers, uh, so I don't enjoy doing that. But I pressure myself in in doing that just because I want to get better. Um, but yeah, but at the same time, you have like actual problem you're trying to solve and then you make completely custom UI and then it gets coded and you can actually click and like it actually works. Um, so yeah, but I, 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 I would say you're 50% uh, correct here. Yeah, but then when you think about marketing design, what's a huge part of that is just maintaining like a sales collateral so basically updating logos mm-hmm. fixing uh, typos or or translating material so it's not always so exciting either um, of course we have more freedom maybe when it comes to like not being tied to one system so and that can be like a subject to another time like mm-hmm. design systems and how to work with them but basically not being so tied into into certain guidelines we can just improvise more uh, which is in my opinion something why i'm a marketing designer and not a product designer yeah i have ocd i would like measure everything (laughs) put everything into some greed and pattern yeah um but let me ask you another thing uh do you have any automation in your workflow or do you just like go from scratch every time you design something I mean, <laughs> we all know the answer to that. Uh, mostly, 
yes, there are certain automation that we want to implement, especially when it comes to, for example, website. Mm. That's something that uh, probably requires a grid or some sort of a layout system, which we don't have at the moment. And it would make everyone's life so much easier if we had that type of system. So that's one thing. Yeah. And when it comes to these really boring tasks, like converting images to a CMYK or stuff like that. So I use Photoshop actions mostly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think if there's something we could learn from product design side, it's definitely automation. It would just save so much more time. Yeah, definitely. Um, we will do that Yeah. this week. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one thing is when working with layouts, for example, creating some sort of a white paper or reports, I usually base off the work that's prob- that's previously has been done already. So I guess that's some sort of way of automating this. Not really, but close enough. Yeah. Uh, for example, you use in design a lot, right? Yes. Um, do you have some guidelines how much milli- millimeters you, you have to uh, have your guides, uh, guidelines? No, <laughs> I, I do have my personal ones, which I always use, yeah. but I don't know if it's the same as on so uh, across the team, I guess not. Yeah, um, maybe not across the team. Um, I've used, I, I love InDesign, it's my favorite program, so there's just what I've learned. Uh, but is it standardized? No. Could it be? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but also I think one part of it is that you can use the same styles and you can you can automate a lot, but then there's also stuff I don't want to automate or I don't want to do the same thing all over again. Uh, so I also enjoy like the discovery part. Um, of course, there needs to be like a cohesion, especially when you work inside uh, in-house, you can make like stuff completely different looking all the time. But I enjoy um, working on like the small tweaks and details and make them a bit different every time. And uh, how do you kind of do version control with your files? I mean, our title is uh, a pun. <laughs> But I'm really interested to hear, like, do you have some some system that actually allows you to go back and, and say, okay, this is 25th revision, we use that on this, uh, I don't know, uh, webinar? Yes, uh, for me, I try to save everything, although it might end up looking quite horrible when my folder is like Mm -hmm. has 53 different versions but the reason is that there's been so many cases where you want to go back and you want to remember like what happened there or you want to reference back so yeah i definitely i'm a compulsive saver first of all i save (laughs) and save and save so these new tools like figma which i started using this week with the autosave system just doesn't work for me yet because yeah. <laughs> I keep pressing like I'm just a compulsive <laughs> saver but I'm also a compulsive like I s- almost like a hoarder but in a design way like I save everything and I throw nothing into trash well that's good for 
making mood boards or maybe finding inspiration, I guess. I, I'm so bad with um, that because I tend to use so many tools. I, I love new services, new tools, and I have to try everything. Um, and of course, uh, there are multiple services where you can save different stuff from the internet. For example, Pinterest. I mean, you just you just install Chrome uh, extension, and you can you can pin everything you want from from uh, websites. Um, but yeah, I used so many different tools that all my uh, saves are so scattered. I don't know <laughs> the names of uh, of those services. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know where I saved those. <laughs> you just remember, I saved it somewhere. So- somewhere, I'm sure yeah. it's somewhere, but where? Nope. Yeah. Yeah, I'm much more traditional in that sense. So I have everything just in my bookmarks history or Pinterest and then just compulsively saving everything to those places. Well, it's good to have a system. I I might just start to like actually download images and stuff to Dropbox or something, like going so back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I guess we should wrap this up, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a fun first podcast intro. Yes. It's a, it's a pilot one. So Pilot one, yep. Yeah. And we have so many inter- interesting topics to cover can you, in the can future. You, can you say like what kind of stuff? Sure. Yeah, so one is like going deeper in how working in an agency differs from working in a product or a production house. Um, then we have a lot of opinions about the rebrandings that have been happening last year. So we can go deeper into that, then maybe give our predictions on the design trends in 2019, since it's the beginning of 2019 now. Uh, then also talk a bit more about like all different kind of stuff that yeah like we kind of like touched upon today already like different roles and how how maybe people assume that one designer can learn it all so basically how much can you learn what should you learn do you want to be more a generalist or a specialist Um, and then just maybe in the future we can share like some poor design uh, badly designed things from last week's or months uh, that we we have found. Yeah, and we will definitely brainstorm more and bring more topics to the table. But yeah, that's the idea for now. Yeah. So thank you for tuning in to the final, final design podcast.